there, that'll work. It says, now a man from the house of Levi, excuse me, Levi, went and took as his wife a Levite woman. The woman conceived and bore a son, and when she saw that he was a fine child, she hid him for three months. And when she could hide him no longer, she took for him a basket made of bulrushes and daubed it with bitumen and pitch. And she put the child in it and placed it among the reeds by the river bank. And his sister stood, or stood at a distance to know what would be done to him. Now the daughter of Pharaoh came down to bathe at the river while her young women walked beside the river. She saw the basket among the reeds and sent her servant woman and she took it. When she opened it, she saw the child and behold, the baby was crying. She took pity on him and said, this is one of the Hebrews children. Then his sister said to Pharaoh's daughter, shall I go and call a nurse from the Hebrew women to nurse the child for you? And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, go. So the girl went and called the child's mother. And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, take this child away and nurse him for me and I will give you wages. So the woman took the child and nursed him. When the child grew older, she brought him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. And she named him Moses, because she said, I drew him out of the water. And that is the word of the Lord. So, as I said earlier when we opened up our service, today we will be discussing something that is very important, important to us as Christians. As, uh, it's very important to our Christian walk. And this important topic is, is that God is the shepherd and that he is the overseer of our souls. That's extremely important for us to realize, especially as we live life and as we go through ups, the ups and downs of life. We have to know that he is the shepherd and overseer of our souls, um, that there is someone greater than us who is watching over us, who is protecting us, who is helping us and sometimes doing a whole, much, a whole lot more than just helping us. Uh, he is empowering us to do what we need to do. Um, so far in the book of Exodus, we have studied how the faithfulness of God endures forever uh, to his people. Uh, we first looked at the promises of God, and, and we have to be very specific about the promises of God. <clears throat> the promises that I'm speaking of are the promises that are found in the Bible. Uh, the Bible is God's holy word. Uh, it is inspired, divinely inspired, and that's where all truth comes from. And that, that is the, the biblical perspective that we have, um, the biblical worldview that we have as Christians. So all his promises that are found in his Bible, uh, we can rest assured that they're true and they will come to pass. They will come to pass because uh, he, God, is eternal. Uh, he is holy and he is gracious. And we praise him for that because, because he is those things we can count on the promises he has given his people. Uh, one thing that we are looking at now, uh, we all have the hope of Christ returning. And we can rest assured that Christ will return for his people because, again, God has made that promise to us and he will not fail us. So we looked at that, but then we also saw last week uh, at the end of chapter 1 of the book of Exodus how the Israelite people were suffering greatly. 
And yet God was still faithful to them through this tough time. Uh, you know, they, they went through, they were put into slavery, um, then genocide. They experienced genocide, and yet God remained faithful uh, to his people. And, uh, and that's true for us today as well. So this is what we've looked at. But today we will see that God is the protector and provider of Moses uh, who would be the instrument of Israel's freedom. And at the same time, uh, he is the protector and provider of the nation of Israel as a whole. Now, that's astounding. We have to acknowledge that, that God is able to do both. He is able to provide and protect for Moses as an individual, while at the same time, he provides and protects the nation. See, there is no one like our God. And when we, when we see that in Scripture, we have to recognize it, we have to point it out, we have to, we have to tell it to ourselves, because we have to know that our God is adequate both for our own personal life and the life of the church as a whole. He is able to provide and protect both at the same time And as I said before, there is no one like our God. You see, nothing is too big for God. Uh, With man, this is impossible, right? It is impossible for us to be the provider and protector of everyone that we love. If you look at your own family, just within your own family, I can't be in three different places at one time. If my son is here, my daughters are here with my wife, I, I can't split myself up. I can't meet that need 100% of the time, but God doesn't have that problem. God is not like us. God is, he is God. He is sovereign. He is in control. He is able to do all at one time. So with man, this is impossible, but we know the Bible says that with God, all things are possible. And, and when we acknowledge that God, with all things, that all things are possible with God, it points us to two things about his nature. The fact that he is imminent and also the fact that he is transcendent. Now, these are theological terms that we're going to learn about today. And we're going to discuss what each one means, his imminency and also his and, and, and the fact that he is transcendent. So the sermon series today is that. God, or excuse me, the sermon summary today is that God is all-powerful, he's all-knowing, and he's always present. Therefore, as shepherd, God protects all his people, and as overseer, he provides for all his people. Let me repeat that. God is all-powerful, he is all-knowing, and he is always present. Therefore, as shepherd, God protects all his people, and as overseer, he provides for all his people. Now, first, let's talk about the individual level. God protects and provides for his people individually, and that is shown in the providence of God over Moses' life. God's providence over Moses' life is completely amazing once we look at the details. There are three things that I want to point out that we get from Scripture, the Scripture we just read. First, Moses was saved from the river that was supposed to claim his life. 
But we, if we back up a little bit and we look at Exodus 1 verse 22, we see an edict come from the king of, of Egypt, the Pharaoh. He said, uh, the Bible says that Pharaoh commanded all his people, every son that is born to the Hebrews, you shall cast into the Nile, but you shall let every daughter live. And as we talked about last week, that the purpose of this edict was as an, was an act of genocide on the Israelite people. He was trying to control the population of the nation of Israel. The Bible says that they were fruitful and they were multiplying and, and they got too much. They, the population got too much for the nation or the, for Egypt. And this is the way they were trying to control the Israelite people. And we, we acknowledged last week also that Pharaoh's edict was an attack on the creation mandate of God, where God said to be fruitful and to multiply. And the fact that God used the same river that was supposed to end Moses' life to preserve his life shows us how great God is. It shows us that he was greater than Pharaoh. Because although Pharaoh had an edict and he placed something into law, God did not have to abide by that law. And God did not have to go by what Pharaoh had said. Secondly, of all people, Moses was saved. And I like to add, he was raised by Pharaoh's daughter. So Pharaoh was, he's the one who, who put this edict into place. You must kill all the male children, all, and, and the daughters can live. And here we go. Here's Moses. He's born. They notice that he's a healthy child. The mother wants to save him, uh, puts him in a makeshift vessel on the water. And who comes up? It's Pharaoh's daughter. And she is the one who God uses as an instrument to save Moses. And to go even beyond that, beyond saving him, she also sustains his life by bringing the child that was supposed to be killed into the house of Pharaoh, and he is raised as, as Pharaoh's family. That's one of those things where you just look at it and you say, man, only God. There's no other explanation for that. It's, it's only God. Only God can accomplish something like that. For him to arrange Pharaoh's daughter to save and sustain Moses is completely amazing. And again, this points to the fact that God used uh, Pharaoh's household to preserve the life of Moses. And again, that proves that God is greater than Pharaoh. And then we get to the third thing uh, that we see here as God is working on the individual life of Moses. And that third thing is as a baby, Moses was incapable of. Of taking care of himself. He, he could not do it. No matter how hard he tried. He was incapable physically. He was incapable mentally. He was incapable in any way you want to look at it. But the Lord provided for and protected for him. You see as a baby Moses uh, again was put into a makeshift vessel and left there for chance. But no matter how hopeless it seemed, baby Moses was not left alone on that water. I think that's completely amazing. 
We, we have our children, we hold them in our, in, in, in our hands. And we see how much care they need. We want to make sure we're around them all the time, especially when they're babies. They need us for everything. And that's the picture we get with Moses being left there on the water. And it seems like a hopeless uh, situation. But scripture shows us how, how God was there present in baby Moses' life. And how he was providing for and protecting for him the whole time. We must acknowledge that God was watching over his life. And he does the same for us. Listen to this. It says, where shall I go from your spirit? Or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. That was Psalm 139, verses 7 through 10. Look, it's important that we see how God cared for Moses on an individual basis, because sometimes I think there are questions that arise within us, you know, about how does God interact with me? We just saw how God was active in the individual life of Moses, and we also have to acknowledge that he is actively looking out for our life. Let me make it personal. He is actively looking out for your life. You see, God cares for you personally, and he is close to you. He is close to you as you walk on your journey of life. You see, many have asked, or maybe many have wondered, maybe some in here, does God even know me? Does God know who I am? That could be a question that may arise because sometimes, I don't know if you've ever been in a huge crowd. I'm, I'm not very fond of huge, huge crowds. I don't think anybody is. But I, I, I love living in the area that, that we live in. In fact, we're going to a smaller place. We're moving to Inez. There's, there's plenty of space out there. I think the, the animals outnumber the humans out there. And I like that. But sometimes when you're around so many people, you feel insignificant. You feel like, man, do I really know anybody or does anybody really know me? Does anyone know the true me? And the, question, the answer to that question is yes. Yes, there is one who knows you like no other. He knows everything about you for he has created you. So you may ask, does God know me? You may ask, does he care about me? The answer to that question, of course, is yes, he does. He sent his son to die for you. And he knows you and he cares for you. Then you may say or you may ask, is he capable of protecting and providing for me? And to help you answer that question, I basically want to point you back to your life. For you to look back and see how God has cared for you, how he has provided for you and how he has protected you if you're careful to pay attention you look back and you can't take credit for everything even though if you're a hard worker even though if you're very smart even if you're very good looking even if you're good with people right I I see people thinking they're trying to fit what what fits them (laughs) 
Even if we're the best that we can be, we have to acknowledge that there's times in our lives where we could not do anything, we were helpless, and yet God came and helped us. In everybody's life in here, we were all slaves to sin. We could not do anything about that. And yet, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And it goes even beyond that. He not only blesses us in the spiritual realm, but he also is with us and he blesses us here in the physical realm. He gives us what we need when we need it. It's amazing. So if you're asking that question, does God even care about me? The answer is yes, and the proof is in your life. Just look back in your life and see how he has cared for you when you could not care for yourself. And all that is because he is imminent. Here's that word again, imminent. And imminent means that he is near us. Uh, When you look at the word imminent, it is an extremely close relationship, nearness. And that that, that is what God is to us. He is imminent. He is near us. He knows us like no other. In fact, he is everywhere. He can go with us. Every single one of us, he can be with us and not lack. He knows where we are. He knows what we're doing. He knows what we're thinking. He knows what we lack. He knows what we worry about. He knows what we desire. He knows our sin. He knows our joy. He knows it all. He is close to you. And again, he knows you better than you know yourself. If we will be truthful with ourselves, we have to acknowledge that in reality, we are not far. We are not that far from baby Moses as far as how helpless we are. I know we like to think of ourselves and we like to say, you know, or think that we're our own people. We've done our own thing. We've accomplished all these wonderful things. The fact is, is that we are just blessed. God has been gracious and merciful to us for us to have accomplished what we have accomplished, for us to have what we have, for us to be who we are. We are just blessed. We, we are, we're not too far from baby Moses where we're helpless and we cannot fend for ourselves or do anything for ourselves. But God, but God is the shepherd and overseer of your soul. It's, it's completely amazing. And that was something that I was really struggling with this week. Asking some of those questions that I just asked here. But So that's talking about his, his imminent nature. But what about his transcendency? That brings us to our second point. God protects and provides for his people corporately. We talked about the individual uh, level, but now this is corporately uh, together. And this is shown in the providence of God over the nation of Israel in our passage. You see, what, what we must realize is that, yes, God was active in Moses' individual life, but it wasn't just to bless Moses. It was for his will to be accomplished. And we see that Moses would become the vessel God would use to deliver Israel from the Egyptian oppressors or from the Egyptian oppression. So 
when we see God working in the individual life of Moses, we also see that God was protecting and providing for the nation of Israel as a whole. Psalm 68 verse 33 says, Awesome is God from his sanctuary, the God of Israel. He is the one who gives power and strength to his people. That is so true. You see, God is not only imminent, he is not only near us, but he is also transcendent, meaning he is far above us. Imminent, he is in us. The Bible says that when we profess Christ and we come to, sal- uh, to saving faith, that the Holy Spirit resides in us. And he is our helper in life. But, that he, but at the same time, he remains transcendent and he is involved in his creation. He is over his creation. He is sovereign over his creation. And we see both taking place here at the same time. He knows and he has ordained things from the beginning all the way to the end. You see, and this is true for our lives, for our individual lives. And also it is true for creation as a whole. In Exodus uh, chapter 2, verses 1 through 10, the, the passages we just read, God was working to provide and protect, uh, or while he was working to provide and protect, you'll look through there and you'll see that no one really understood the significance of his work. You see things happening, you see things coming together, but you can, by looking at that passage and also by experiencing how God works in our own lives, you can, you can gather, no one really knew what was going on here. The mother, the sister, of course, baby Moses, uh, Pharaoh's daughter. No one really knew what God was orchestrating, uh, orchestrating here. No one knew exactly what was happening, but God knew the whole time. I like what Matthew Henry says. He says, when men are projecting the church's ruin, God is, pre- is, is preparing for its salvation. Even today... Even today, we do not fully know what the Lord has planned. You see, you and I, we cannot perceive what he is doing fully. We know what he is doing in his word, and his word says that he is, he is, he is restoring hope to the nations, and, and one day he'll come back for us and we'll be with him. We know his overall plan, but we do not know how he is doing it. And that sometimes causes a really hard time in life because events happen, things happen, and we cannot understand them. We ask, why has this happened to me? How can this happen to us? We think about Florida, the news that's come out of Florida, and we think about what is the overall purpose in that? We think about the news that that was here in Texas when someone went to a church and, and, and shot everybody in the church. We think about how is that working out anything. And the fact is, is that God is transcendent over his creation. He is working things out. And if we point to Romans 8.28, we know that he is working all things for good. And we know that he is working all things for his purpose and for his good pleasure. So we may ask those questions Why is this happening or how is this going to work out? We may not be able to perceive what is going on and we do not know why certain things happen. But you know what? That's okay. That's okay. We don't have to know the whys to everything. 
All we have to know is that God is transcendent. God is in control. In other words, we don't have to know every detail if we believe that he is working all things for good. And we believe that his message here says that one day every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. The one thing that's awesome about Moses as we start to look through uh, Exodus is that Moses stands for something. He is a foreshadow of Christ. When you look at biblical theology, biblical theology picks out themes in the Bible that run across the whole Bible. And you start to see things like in the Old Testament, you start to see these foreshadows of Christ. Uh, David is another foreshadow of Christ, pointing to a Savior that is to come. Moses is that now. As we are reading through Exodus, we see that Moses is uh, like Christ in that he is the Savior of a nation. We we are like the nation of Israel. We are enslaved, except to we're not enslaved to the Egyptians, but rather we were enslaved to sin. And it was Christ who came as our redeemer, as our deliverer, and he came and he saved us. So again, Moses is like Christ. And he is the deliverer of God's people. As God raised a deliverer for Israel, God also sent his son to die for our sins and to deliver us from the penalty of death. As we see this happening, then you start to see the bigger picture, how God is transcendent. He is transcendent over everything. Hebrews 7.25 says, Consequently, he is able to save to the uttermost, those who draw near to God through him. And when it says him, it means Christ. See, when we look at a passage like this, we must understand that God is working in the lives of individuals, but he is also working in the life of the church. He doesn't forsake one for the other. He is able to do both. So I want you to understand this even more fully. From in a personal level, God is looking over your life, but he's also looking over the life of those you, whom you love. It's, it's amazing. There's one thing I've been very honest with you, and I've been honest with you in my struggles. Um, I struggle with a lot of different things. And one of, those things I, one of the things I struggle with in life is worry. And I tell you what, when you have kids... That escalates, right? I don't have to tell you. I'm preaching to the choir. And you start to think about their future. You think about their present and then their future. And how are things going to work out? How are they going to do it when I'm not there? You start to see these school shootings and you start to go there. You start to think, man, I, I need to be present. I need to be there to protect them. And then I realize I'm not God. I can't be everywhere at one time. And I start to realize it's sinful for me to, to be worrying like this because that means I'm not trusting in the Lord to be their provider and protector. I can't be God to them. <clears throat> they have to know that someone greater than I exists and that he's watching over their lives. So I want you to know that and I hope it brings encouragement to you. He's able to do both and believe me, this hurts as a parent. It hurts to hear this, but it's the truth. He does a better job than we do. 
So we need to know that as things happen in life, God is in control. He is on his throne. He's working things out for good. He's working in our lives individually, but he's also working on the church as a whole. And only he is able to do this. Only God is able to save all of his people to the utmost. I think our society looks for a hero. But we look in the wrong places. See, the problem with any hero that we can conjure up, it doesn't matter. The Bible says they fall short. But there is one who does not fall short, and that is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He fulfilled everything that the Father had him fulfill. He died for us. He paid the penalty. And even more so, the Bible says that he lives for us today. You see, God never fails us. So as a conclusion, if you are a believer, you must know that God cares about your life. And you must also know that God cares about the life of the church as a whole. And he is working to purify your souls through the good, through the bad, through the ugliness of life. You see, God is magnificent. He is imminent and he is transcendent. He is the shepherd and overseer of your soul. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we sang the song, Great is Thy Faithfulness, and that is so true. You are so faithful to us. No one can really comprehend how faithful you are. <clears throat> 